not every agnostic is lazy and not every relativist is apathetic. Relativist is apathetic, but there's a lot of relativists that are. They just feel like it doesn't matter and I don't care. Their perspective is to each his own, right? I've got a view of God, you've got a view of God. Right? It's true for you, it's not for me. What's true for me is not true for you. Everyone's right, everyone's got their angle. Who are we to judge? I mean, this is the Oprah theology of our day. It's very popular. And it's a position in my mind of saying none of this really matters all that much. There's an apathy to it of people thinking it doesn't matter. I guess the agnostic can often have that perspective, but let's at least give you that sense for the relativist, which is often the case. Think of the relativists in your life. This is probably a bigger, we're probably moving up in the categories, are we not? You've shared the gospel with some militant atheists, perhaps, but that's few. You probably shared the gospel with more agnostics. Well, probably the majority of us in the room, if we've shared the gospel more than three times, have dealt with a relativist, which is, that's your view and that's good for you. I think family members are the first to present this to you after you become a Christian. A lot of them are like, hey, whatever. You, got, you found religion, you found God, that's great, good for you. Just don't talk to me about it and try and make me one. All right, how to respond to the relativists. Copen, I guess, dealt with that this week. I, I really need to listen to what he taught. We're gonna have him back, by the way, for uh, CBI. He's offered to come and teach an intensive class college level with papers and assignments and reading, but that'll be good to have him back. Chair of the philosophy department at what, Palm Beach, I think, in Florida. Here, here's the bottom line. To put it as simply as, I mean, we could spend weeks dealing with the reality of why relativism makes no sense, but opinions can't change facts. It gets back to what we dealt with last week, which was truth is a correspondence with reality. We believe our, our truth claims, as Francis Schaeffer said, are, we believe our true truth. They actually, I mean, we need an adjective now. This is really something that we believe has a correspondence with reality. The whole topic tonight is God. Is there a God? And now the real question is, well, there is a God perhaps, but your God is your God, and my God is my God, and that guy's God is that guy's God. So we've now got really squishy about our theism. We might not even be in the atheistic category anymore, but we're trying to define God, and we're saying we really can't define God because God is defined however you'd like to define him. And as we dealt with last week, you may have opinions about God. You may have opinions about pizza. It may be a truthful statement about your opinion, but it doesn't change fact, and the fact is the objectivity that whatever something is, if it exists, you can't change it by your opinion. Matter of fact, the section we talked about defining God, you cannot define, I guess you could define it, but you cannot define it in the sense of determining something, or in this case, someone who exists. You cannot determine who I am by your opinion of me. Do you follow that? You just can't, because there's objectivity to my existence. And if there's objectivity to anyone's existence, it would be the ultimate cause of all things, the unmoved mover and the uncaused cause. God is a God who can't be determined by any creature's opinion. Just matter of fact, no creature can be determined or defined in an ultimate sense, determined by anyone's opinion. People have opinions of me. 
This is not post-meridian. This is supposed to stand for Pastor Mike right here. P.M., right? I don't think anyone's going to say this, but someone might say Pastor Mike likes Chinese food. He really likes Chinese food. Pastor Mike loves playing golf. Pastor Mike hates pink gumballs. Red ones are great. Pink ones he doesn't like. Pastor Mike thinks Pastor Rod should be the president. Pastor Mike is allergic to peanut butter. Pastor Mike always drinks more than one cup of coffee every week. Pastor Mike won't hire another pastor who's taller than him. (laughs) Pastor Mike doesn't trust anyone who's taller than six foot two. Pastor Mike likes green beans. Pastor Mike has never had a cavity. Pastor Mike loves jelly bellies. Pastor Mike would never buy a Korean made car. Being a quasi-known person in a small fishbowl like this, or even more so, I guess, now that Focal Point's been going for 20 years or whatever it's been going for, a lot of people have opinions about me. They will even make assertions about me. I've had people introduce me to other people who they might meet when I'm traveling somewhere, and they'll say things about me because of something they understood from something I said on some broadcast, and it'll sound a lot like this, and people say, well, here's what Pastor Mike's all about. Nothing, by the way, on this screen is true. Not a single one of those. No. Right? I don't like golf. I mean, I've played golf for years because I love my family members. But uh, I don't love golf. I'm not allergic to peanut butter. I bought my wife a Korean-made car. Uh, I don't like coffee. I don't like jelly bellies. I love jelly beans. If you're going to buy me some, buy me Brock's jelly beans. I do not like jelly bellies. There's a sad excuse for jelly beans in my mind. I'll eat pink gumballs all day. I have nothing against tall people. I've had a cavity. I don't know. Are you convinced those are, none of those are true? I mean, I just picked a bunch of random silly things, but... Whatever you think about me does not make that me. You can talk about my reputation, perhaps, and you can say, well, Pastor Mike, you've led me to believe this, but I can guarantee when people introduce me to someone that they don't know, or someone I don't know, and they're trying to explain who I am, I mean, they've done it all the way down to simple facts that you would immediately say, well, no, he, you know, Mike's got four kids. Well, I don't have four kids. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people have said that are not true. Um, well, the same goes for God. And this is happening all the time, right? I don't know. God wants you to be happy. God lets sincere people of any religion go to heaven. God's in favor of love. He doesn't care who you love. God would never send people to hell. God doesn't require people to go to church as long as they're seeking him. God doesn't expect people not to be true to their own feelings. Marriage is okay, God says, between any two people as long as they love each other. God is not against abortion if the baby really isn't wanted. Right? God wants you to keep your faith a private matter. God is whoever you want him to be, which is exactly what people are saying. None of those things are true about God, obviously, and we can go on and on and on. You've got to recognize, even if you don't believe our source of authority, which I think we should spend a lot of time in apologetics trying to establish, that the Bible we believe, and rightly so and reasonably so, is God's self-disclosure, his self-revelation. But even if you don't buy that, you cannot sit back and pontificate about God and think because you assert something that it must be true for you. 
There's nothing that's true for real. When people talk about your truth, you've heard a lot of that lately, haven't you? Just speak your truth. I think there's Oprah that you popularized that phrase at least really recently, your truth. You don't have your truth. Your truth is not your truth. Truth is objective. It's always been objective. And if you want to talk about someone, whatever you say about them is true or false objectively. You can't define God as in determine God. Surveys don't get to define God. And that's often taking the place, taking place in our day, right? People's opinions don't get to determine what's true, which again is how we determine truth in our society, right? I mean, down to all, I mean, all kinds of things, you know, in, in our day. I mean, in our quote-unquote democratic society. Certainly the Supreme Court doesn't get to decide what's right. I mean, they believe that they do. Your feelings don't get to decide what's good. No one, including Satan in the garden, gets to decide what God is like. They can say what God is, or demons can say what he is or isn't, but it doesn't matter. Matter of fact, it always gets back to Scripture. There's only one lawgiver and judge. There's only one person who's revealed himself to tell you who he is and what he is. He's given his fingerprints on creation. He's given an echo of his law in your conscience, but he gave a book. That's what we'll determine. That's our premise. That is our contention. And we believe in that book, he's given us self-disclosure that he will hold us accountable for affirming. 